Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 1999, the walls of hell cracked, and fallen angels condemned to an eternity in the abyss were suddenly able to flee. With no choice but to come to terms with the decaying remnants of the paradise they helped create, these escaped fallen must now decide whether they will rebuild their masterpiece or burn it to a cinder. Hello and welcome to Demon the Fallen Fragments a Demon the Fallen game set in Rochester, New York, in the year 2001. This story features the character of Azoth, played by Tillman, Erichel, played by Rebecca, Brawlman, played by Adam, and Abathar, played by Slavic. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM, on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night, and on Discord at Twin Cities by Night. Eriquel wakes up, still on the floor. There's sunlight streaming through the window. Not sure what time it is precisely, but given that it's actually sunny out, it must be fairly late in the morning, especially given the time of year. The apartment is quiet, a little on the chilly side. She'll get up a little bit disoriented. When you have that a massive amount of release of emotions, like when you, when you wake up, you kind of feel a little bit more refreshed, a little bit more clear-headed. She's in that mind space and she'll look around at the destruction she caused last night promptly get up and go about making breakfast and um she'll be very pointed about ignoring the bathroom like she won't brush her teeth in the morning if she even does she'll she'll take her toothbrush and toothpaste out and brush her teeth in the kitchen sink and at this point she's just kind of also avoiding her own room she doesn't want to deal with the active reminders of Esme's previous life. Looking through the refrigerator, Ericol realizes that there's only a few eggs, some milk, and a fair amount of beer in the fridge. The beer has been there since Ericol took Esme's body. She's got some some nice nicely aged beer. As per usual, she'll just avoid that. She she notices it and then we'll take the eggs out and make scrambled eggs really quickly. By the time that she's midway through cooking them, she's like, well, what am I going to do today? I'm assuming it's it's still the weekend? Was yesterday Saturday in-game? Yes. Okay. She she starts to think about, like, how oh, is there any homework that she has to do? Because I think she's, yeah, she's a student. And she starts thinking more about that, that long-term mundane stuff. When's my work schedule? When do I have to go to school? Homework? And then partway through, she starts to realize that she no longer wants to live in this apartment. Just as she realizes that she's avoiding the bathroom, avoiding her room, it, it's time to move. And then quickly starts thinking about, like, as if that's almost a passing thought, starts thinking about what we need to do about this other new problem. And she has to start taking that into account. Something needs to be done, but she's not sure exactly what. As Erichel thinks about it for a moment, she realizes that Esme's homework is really, the such that Esme has, is really a very simple thing to address with the knowledge of reality that Erichel has and the memory retention that Erichel has and the ability to just rifle through Esme's thoughts and memories in a way that humans really can't do on their own. It's almost trivial for Erichel to complete Esme's homework, and has been since Erichel took over Esme's body. Gotcha. So Esme's really, Erichel's really one of those students that does the homework in the class as the class is going on. So that's probably all taken care of. Yeah, she's mostly pondering what, what the next steps are. Her first step would be to call Lauren, but short of not getting a hold of her, she'd call Azoth or Oliver. Lauren's phone just rings and rings and rings. And eventually Esme dials Oliver. Oliver, your phone starts ringing. What time would this be? It's around 9, 9.30 in the morning. And it's your cell phone that starts ringing, I believe. All right. Why didn't my guy call me on my cell phone? Yeah, pick it up. Oliver. Hello? It's, it's Esme. You want to go get breakfast? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Where did you go? I could mm, pick you up. Soonish. Should we see if Lily's available? I haven't been able to get a hold of Lauren. All right. Let's do that. Okay. 
you call Lily and I'll pick you up and we'll go from there. Okay. Click. Start styling up Lily. And Azov was for a shower because he overslept. Azoth hops into the shower and as he does so, Abathar slash Lily's phone begins ringing. Lily, you have a bit of a hangover. Uh, I didn't. I didn't always get those. Lily speaking. Mm. It's Esme. You want to get breakfast? Yes. Definitely yes. Okay. Oliver's picking me up. Why, why don't we meet at Denny's? Sounds like a good idea. Uh, let me just get my bearings. I'll be there as soon as I can. Okay. See you soon. Click. Esme will will realize she's still wearing her, her extra clo- clothes from yesterday and at least somewhat attempt to freshen herself up, grabbing all her items that she needs from the bathroom and just pulling them out completely. She doesn't want to look at look at it anymore. And she'll just wait for Oliver to come pick her up. Erkel realizes that for the past year or so, she's been using that bathroom almost on autopilot, not really thinking about it. You know, not necessarily using it to any great length, not, you know, spending time in there thinking or crying or any of the above, but going in there sort of very matter-of-factly and not really putting the memories of what happened into the place in real life in which they happened. But for some reason, that connection was deeply made the prior night, and the thought kind of hits her. The realization, I should say. That makes more sense. (laughs) And as she is freshening up in the kitchen sink, she notices that there's some dirty dishes in there, and one of the plates has shattered. At the bottom of the pile, there's just pieces of it, jagged shards, almost as if something was slammed down on top. Esme will stare at it for a while, trying to remember if in her rage yesterday, last night, if she had broken it, or if it had been something that had been broken for a while now. Aeropol's not sure. She can't quite place it. She will actually just sit and stare at it up until the point where... She either hears her phone ring or Oliver knocks on her door. So about half an hour later, having showered, Oliver knocks on her door. Esme goes to open it. Let's go. She'll quickly grab her stuff and lock up the door behind her and leave. Oliver, by the way, has his kind of long and still fairly wet hair hidden under his coat with the hood up and it's super messy. He's in good company with Esme as she had only partially gotten herself prepared for the day. So her hair is also disheveled. Excellent. Poorly pulled back. I told Lily to meet us at Denny's. All right. So we get into the car. The drive to the Denny's is uneventful. As Esme and Oliver pull in, Lily is just getting out of her car. Oh, hey, guys. You all meet at the main entrance right before you walk in. And how are you today, guys? Not good. Yeah. That makes three of us, then. Mm. Let's get some food. You guys go into the Denny's. The hostess quickly seats you. After about a minute, a waiter shows up with some glasses, puts down water in front of each of you. Hi, welcome to Denny's this morning. My name's Brian. I'll be your waiter. What can I start you off with? Lots of coffee. All right, so that's one coffee. Do I hear two? Do I hear three? I'll definitely have a coffee. That's two. Sir, you want one as well? Yeah. All right. Three Brian coffee specials coming right up. I'll give you guys a... Say again? Double cream, please. I'll bring a whole bowl of creamer out for you. Why don't you guys take a look at the menu? Let me know when you're ready to order. I'll be back with those coffees very shortly. And he'll snap his fingers and give you finger guns as he walks away. Oh, I wish. (laughs) Um... The card ride over was not only uneventful, but it was awkwardly quiet though pretty much the whole ride. And as yes, same on Oliver's side. Picking up that um the whole group seems to just be out of sorts. Did you all experience weird things last night? Yeah. My ex husband didn't tell me about Annie's party or well, her cousin's birthday party. Uh, bastard, and he probably told her that uh, I forgot or something, so I'm miserable. Is it important to go to birthdays? Extremely. At this point, your waiter reappears. 
All right, folks, here's your coffees. One for you, one for you, one for you. Sir, I got your bowl of creamer right here. Let me grab a sugar. He gets one of those little sugar jars, drops it on the table. Okay. Now, are you guys all ready to order? Or do you need a few minutes? I know it's kind of early still, but, you know, I thought I might uh, see I'm where you're at. To order, but also, please, if you could tone down the cheerfulness, we're trying to be miserable here. I'll do my best, miss. Thank so what you. would you like today? I'll have the, you know what, I'll have the steak with the eggs and the hash brown and the toast. All right. And for you, miss, looking at uh, Esme. French toast. All right. Just the one order? Yes. As she takes like a long drink from the coffee. Okay. And for you, sir. Uh, the, the waffle plate that you have here. All right. Hey, wait a minute. Aren't you that guy... With those health products. No, it um, must be someone else. Are you sure? You look a lot like the guy on those late night commercials. Yeah, it is you. You got those weight loss pills. Man, my friend was taking those for a while and he ended up like pissing green. What the hell is in those things? Oh, oh, oh God, that that's embarrassing. I mean, didn't your friend read the instructions? Like more is not always better. I'm pretty sure he read the intro. I don't know. I just, you know, after that trip to the hospital, they told him to stop taking them entirely. So it was likely an allergy. It happens. No, I'll let him know that. I'm, I'm not sure that's what the doctors thought, but I'll let him know. All right, folks, I'm going to go get these orders in for you. And uh, I'll be back as soon as they're ready. Enjoy your coffee and let me know if you need anything else. And he'll wander off to the kitchen. You hear that? Apparently... This company of mine, of Oliver's, is being sued for like three million dollars right now. Uh, why did we have to get stuck with people who are well known? Yeah, I don't know how to handle it. I'm not sure Oliver does either. Bothersome. Uh, well, at least you're not hounded by the paparazzi like I am. I have a police officer on my ass. I uh, don't know what's worse. What? But he loves me because I accidentally saved his life, maybe. I'm sorry, what? You, yeah, you might need to explain. I thought uh, the guy said his the, your drugs are hurting people. I'm not sure, honestly. You see, they promise great things. And it would only make sense to me that with great faith, you will be more healthy. But apparently it doesn't work. Great faith in the product or great faith in you? Well, great faith that in something will turn for the better. Mm. That maybe it is the wrong action. You know, it, it's the easy way out. Well, I suppose now it's on you to figure it out. I just have a really hard time understanding why it's so so popular if it's clearly not, not working. I'm not sure whether uh, I should stop it all. I mean, that would be detrimental to my lifestyle, obviously, but... I'm just really getting used to it anyway, as are you. But I, I, at the same time, I, I feel I would take away from people, but also like maybe save them. It's hard. It's hard for me to understand what I should do. Humans do like to just believe in things. That's yeah. I'm I'm considering making all of the product line as safe as possible. Well, I think that's Basically, a good decision reduce it completely but people still believe in it i think it's a good thing that humans don't pee green yeah that that's probably he's on a distress yeah anyway so that happened last night apparently the uh, company was raided for lack of a better term uh, by officials who are now um, analyzing the products that are being sold i have a law firm on my side which I guess is good because I have no idea what's happening. Odd that they would come yesterday on top of everything else we experienced. Yeah, I missed it completely. Also, it seems Oliver has a really bad relationship to his mother. Oliver's not the only one. Esme shares in that. Hey, and fun thing. Remember Hell? I'd rather not. Esme will kind of, you mentioned that and she just kind of stops in her middle of her drink and then continues hey guys how are you doing on those coffees do you need a quick refresher the waiter just like pops up out of nowhere with a whole pot of coffee in his hand sure 
All right, let me get that for y'all. You good on creamer? You good on sugar? Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll get those meals right out to you shortly. Thank you. Take care, folks. See you in a minute. And he wanders off again. After a few minutes of awkward silence, he reappears. All right, uh, let's see here. We got the steak for you, miss. Uh, Got the waffles for you, sir. And this last one is yours. Uh, You folks need anything else? Ketchup, uh, mustard, any more coffee? Uh, Syrup, please. Right, and uh, what kind do you want? Do you want the maple, the strawberry, the blueberry, chocolate? Uh, Chocolate sounds excellent. All right. He turns around and then just drops like a Nestle chocolate syrup bottle on the table. Oliver proceeds to use most of it on his waffles. All right, then, sir. Well, you folks enjoy your meal. Again, just uh, just let me know if you need anything. I will uh, be right over there. And he goes over to the wait station. You realize that Denny's is fairly busy this morning. Once you guys have sort of settled in and gotten your bearings, people have slowly been filtering in over the course of your conversation and the course of ordering. And the place is more or less packed. There are a few people waiting in the entryway for a table as well. Esme will go about eating her food, and perhaps here's not a good place to discuss what we should do next, but I'm assuming you both still want to figure out what's going on? Yes, for want of a better word. Mm, This is really good. How are those pancakes, Oliver? (laughs) He says with a full mouth. I find that by eating everything that I need to eat once a day, I save time by not eating rest of the day so i just eat a lot in the morning and then don't eat until the next morning don't you feel miserable in the evenings though no you get used to it it's very efficient i guess it's probably something lily was already used to right well honestly lily was used to starving herself but yeah it sounds similar humans weird things uh i mean uh, yeah all right on to the tasks at hand where do we go next? Pulling out her notebook, Esme will flip through a few pages and get to a spot, read a little bit. Well, Ruth wanted us to speak to the people at Howell and Phillips. I'm not really sure where to go beyond that. I mean, I guess we could go there. I don't really see why, though. It was, I believe, one of the last places that Claire worked at. Perhaps we could get more information Hey, folks, just checking in. How are your meals? Everything good so far? Brian just pops up out of nowhere. Everything is great. Great. Excellent to hear. Do you guys need anything else? A refresher on your coffee? Do you need some more napkins? Anything else? We'll take out her purse. Give him like 200 bucks. (laughs) And Brian, you know, it's great. Any other day, be very happy for you to serve me. I'm very glad that you're happy. But we just... Need some peace and quiet right now, so why don't you take this and just just refill our coffees and don't talk. All right, can do, ma'am. Thank you very much. And he'll refill the coffees and walk away. I think that was a lot of money. Not for me. That that was a lot of money. Not for me. Even for me, that's a lot of money. Also, I probably deserves it, you know. Person like that, with a demeanor like that, working in a place like this. I guess. But let's not get sidetracked. I'm really not sure what we would even be finding out at the workplace of Claire's. What I want to know is what Tizania knows and why she's being so weird. I mean, we're not exactly, you know, fitting in. But yeah, Tizaniel's a special case. Yeah, let's go to Tizaniel. I agree. I don't know how. That's, the, that's kind of mm. the problem. Do none of us know where she lives? She just showed up at my place. Apparently she knew where I was, but not the other way around. What was her name? Jade Vessman. Maybe we could... I don't know. I don't think we could find a Jade Vessman in this large, large city. Well, we can go to Claire's place of employment and sort of hope we bump into Tazaniel because we just simply do more often than not. That's Do you possible. also play with fate? Yeah, but fate also plays with you like that if you play with it. So to Helen Phillips then. All right, you guys finish up your meal and leave. 
The $200 that uh, Lily passed to Brian is more than enough to cover your meal plus his tip. Do you guys pile into one car or do you take separate cars? Esme's getting into Oliver's vehicle. Yeah, Lily gets into her own. Okay. Who knows where Howell and Phelps is located? No one. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Esme. Take my cell phone and try to find out where Howell and Phillips is at. It can't be too far away. I don't think that Claire could move around a lot. Okay. So Esme will take the flip phone and take a few minutes to figure out how it works real quick. And then Esme will just call 411. 411 information. How may I help you? I'm looking for the address for Hal and Phillips. All right. And can you spell that, please? <laughs> Esme will just just blanketly, like, she'll even spell out and. And she'll spell out the whole thing. Well, nothing is coming up under that. Uh, let me look through the listings. There is a Howell and Phelps, P-H-E-L-P-S. Um, is this a business that you're looking for? Yes, it is a architecture firm. I believe oh. it's Howell, Howell and Phelps. Okay, they are located on North Goodman. North why Goodman. You, yep, why don't you grab a pen and write this down? And she gives you an address. And, and Esme writes it down as she gives it. Thank you. Click. And you now have an address. Do I know where it's at, though? Yes, North Goodman is one of the more prominent streets in the city. All right. That should be easy. So I guess we'll lead the way and Lily follows us. All right. Drive takes about 10, 15 minutes. It's a very clear and sunny morning. Um, it looks like it may have snowed overnight. There's a fresh layer of white powder on the ground. It is still very cold, though. The cold is almost sharp. You can feel it every time you inhale. You pull up to the building. It is an older building. Looks like it was built sometime in the late 19th century, early 20th century. Wood with a lot of Victorian slash Edwardian embellishments to the structure. Simple sign out front just says Howell and Phelps, architects. Weirdly, um, it's a converted residential house. Weirdly, even though it is a Sunday morning, there are about five vehicles parked in the driveway. And looking through the front windows, there it was probably a parlor back when it was originally a home. You see seven or so people sitting down and taking tea and having a little conversation. I think we, at least uh, Azov and Erica, probably like, wait around till Lily is there and everyone is assembled. So there's probably a moment where they can just look at all the scenery. Like what what uh, do these people appear to be doing or talking about in general? You can't really tell, um, at least not standing on the street. They're all fairly well dressed, at, you know, a collection of their various Sunday bests. It appears to be five men and two women, um, suits, dresses, they honestly, they could literally have just come from church. Okay, yeah, that probably locks in as a thought. They have uh, uniform white china, a large silver percolator of coffee, a small white kettle of boiling water for tea, and they look to be having very pleasant conversation. You know, they're laughing, they're friendly, they're smiling. I guess uh, Oliver walks up trying to tap into his businessman-y attitude, not being as much of a mess as he is all morning, putting on his fake smile that always looks a bit sly and weird and holds out his hand to whoever takes it. He says, uh, hi, well, um, I was looking for Howell and Phelps. Well, by now his hair has dried, but he's still wearing his hoodie, correct? Maybe he is taking it off because it's a sunny day, but his hair looks weird. It's a sunny day, but the temperature is still in the teens. Okay, maybe he's kept it up for his ears. <laughs> so he walks up, he knocks on the door, and the other two can see through the window. Everyone sort of puts down their coffee cup and gives a quizzical look towards the door. One of the gentlemen, an older gentleman, uh, with a little bit of a, a belly to him, but tall, easily 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, bigger guy walks out of the room through the window, and then a moment later he opens the door. Can I help you? Is this Howell and Phelps? Are you are you with them? Uh yeah, this is the law you know, this is the, the firm, but it's it, we're closed for the day. What can I do for you? I'm trying to find out 
more about Claire Phillips, a former employee of yours. Claire? She's not a former employee. She's supposed to be starting her job on Monday, tomorrow morning. I'm afraid that will not happen. She has committed suicide very recently. I'm, I'm sorry, what? Why, why don't you step in, friend? We need to, we need to hear more. Is it okay if these other two come in as well? I don't see why not. Y'all can I like join us for the- coffee in the parlor. And he'll wave Esme and Lily in. And he'll step out of the way so that Oliver can enter. Are you saying that I'm fat? Because I probably am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a pretty big guy on his own, too. So Two uh, fat guys, one doorway. It doesn't yeah, add we, up. We kind of squeeze past each other. Yeah. And he waits until everyone's in the foyer. And you can see that this was at one point most likely a mansion when it was initially built, or at least a very upper middle class home. There are framed architectural drawings on the walls. Some are in blueprints. Some are on old drafting paper. They could easily be 100 plus years old, at least the ones that are on the old browned drafting paper. If I could get a quick perception and academics roll from everyone, I would also accept religion. Difficulty? Six. I have two successes using academics, if that makes any difference. I have one using religion. Okay. Well done, Becca. four with academics. All of you realize that the blueprints and the draft drawings on the walls, they are all buildings with religious implications, churches, temples, that sort of thing. A majid here and there. Does it also specify where the buildings are to be? Nope. It's just the architectural drawing. There's no indication as to an address or even a year. Um, You just have the drawing itself. Some of them, like I said, are in blueprints. Some are just old browning sheets of draft paper. But there are a great many of them. That seems to be almost all that is on the walls here. And as you're you know, taking that in and noticing it, the gentleman that answered the door, so what's this about Claire killing herself? What's going on? She just got the job. She was so excited. Things went downhill for her very quickly. Her son was found dead also very recently. How the tyke died. I mean, we met him a couple of times. She came in and I guess she didn't have a sitter. It was very unusual. How long have you been interviewing her for the position if she was just to start on Monday? Uh, we started talking to her a while back, but she didn't think she was ready for a job. Said she had some personal things to take care of. Uh, we ended up losing one of our secretaries about a month ago. She... uh she was one of the first folks we called, had her in for a couple of interviews. She met, you know, the folks she'd be working under, brought her son in a couple of times. We gave him soda and candy while she did her interviews, you know, kind of some bad news. I mean, we all just came back from service this morning and now you're telling us that someone we were excited to have on our team has, has passed. Are there arrangements made for her? We've spoken with Ruth from the Sojourn House and... Our understanding is she would be taking care of it. Ah, all right. Yeah, Claire mentioned Ruth a couple of times, said she was a good friend of hers. Didn't know she had anything to do with Sojourner House, so that's that's a little bit of news to me. I believe they tell, or Ruth will tell people to keep it a secret if possible, especially at job interviews. I hope you're not taken aback by it. Not as at all. As I know, Claire, for a while, was very excited to have found this position and again until very recently things were looking up for her so i gotta wonder and at this point one of the uh women will step out of the room uh gregory what's going on here oh nothing nothing in particular martha just uh these folks were here to inform us that uh miss phillips passed and uh, will not be beginning with us on monday what my god that's terrible what happened? They both turned to look at you guys. She seemed to have taken too many sleeping pills and passed away in the night. That's horrible. Surely it was an accident. Well, Martha, one can only hope. Claire was very excited about the position. She doesn't seem like she'd have, you know, taken such a drastic step deliberately. We actually found out about Claire's death because we were looking uh, for her 
Her son has also passed away. You said that you met him a few times. Oh, yes, he was such a little darling. Nothing more beyond that? Well, I know that Claire was very excited to start working with us. Her son, you know, he would come with her to the interviews. We would have candy and soda on hand for him. He was such a sweet kid, very polite, very well-mannered. I know that he had run away. She had mentioned that. So they've mentioned she was excited to start the job several times. Um, Given... Yeah, how about everyone gives me a perception and empathy roll? We'll do difficulty seven for this one. One success for me. Four for me. I believe I botched because there's a one in there. Yep. Again, (laughs) by the way. (laughs) The bot lives up to his name. So this was kind of expected, though. Esme, completely oblivious. In fact, she genuinely believes everything that they are saying. Azoth, not so much. Azoth, you get the impression that something isn't quite right, that they're not exactly being honest with you. I probably have the impression that they're like talking it up to be nice, like everyone is kind of saddened by the news. Okay. So I would say he doesn't read too much into it. Lily, with your four successes, they are definitely lying about something and trying to hide something. So what Lily's thinking is like, if they're lying, then it's probably going to be like hard to actually get it out of them. So it'd be better if uh, find some someone else or some other evidence. But yeah, so... Yeah, one of the reasons we're actually here is we were also trying to figure out if maybe, yeah, you knew about any reason, other reasons she might have had of taking her life. Would you know anything about that? Did she mention any troubles, anything? Well, she had mentioned in uh, her first interview that she was uh, recovering from some personal difficulties said that she had had a hard time for a few years and was looking to get back on her feet and do the right thing by her kid but you know nothing nothing seemed to be really holding her down when we talked she seemed to be like everything was getting better for her i see martha sort of shuffles back into the parlor was there maybe someone else she was supposed to work with or that she knew here well she was going to be the secretary for some of our uh Younger folks, we had a couple newer uh, architects that were coming on. Architecture isn't exactly a booming business these days, but we're doing pretty well. We specialize in religious buildings and restoration of old structures. Religious buildings? What kind? Where? Uh, we done churches, we done temples, we done chapels. A uh, couple of times folks wanted us to do their mausoleums. Of course, that was back around my daddy's days oh i absolutely adore churches tell me more about any recent projects you have uh well recent ones not not too much i mean way back when we did the uh we did the saint bernard school a theology up there we've done a number of the churches around here especially back in like the 30s and 40s i mean this firm's been around for a good long while phelps is one of the old names in town I think the last new church we built was probably back in the 70s. Then uh, mostly we just do restorations, that sort of thing. Now they bring us in as consultants, especially if we built the building to begin with. We got the plan still and everything. I know that they've been doing some work up at the the School of Theology again. Uh, they they had us come in and consult on that initially, but we haven't been back since that initial, you know, that first couple of meetings. I know they hired some. Decent construction folk for the work itself. Not the folks we recommended, of course, but they got a good crew up there. Is the place we're in, are the doors closed? Or, like, can people see into it? You're in the foyer still, um, which opens up into sort of the stairway. And, you know, there's rooms off to the sides that you can see. Most of the doors are closed, but the door to the parlor is wide open. And conversation in that room is kind of hushed. Right. Could we maybe move to somewhere a bit more private? I understand that some of the questions we may have to ask are a bit sensitive in nature. 
I suppose so. Give me just one moment. And he walks over to the entry to the parlor. Folks, I want to talk with these uh, these people in my office for a few minutes. Hope I don't miss anything. And Martha, be sure to save me some of them buns, all right? And he leads you to one of the doors across the hallway, opens it, steps in. It's an office. The furniture is very clearly antique. Armchairs, the desk looks like it's straight out of the 1940s. The lamp on the desk has the green glass that also looks quite old. Various books on one wall behind the desk and more blueprints and other drawings are on the walls, again, of churches and various religious buildings. He takes a seat at the overstuffed leather chair behind his desk. The chair, the leather on the chair is clearly weathered. It's cracked in places. It's been around for a while. It looks like one of those things that you keep around like a, an extremely comfortable pair of pants or shoes that are well past their prime, but they are just so damn comfortable you'll never get rid of them. And he leans back in the chair, laces his fingers together over his chest, and takes a deep breath. So, uh, what do you need to know? I sort of look at Azoth and Araquil and say, on three? Nod. Okay. One... Two apocalyptic forms. <laughs> okay, so all three of you are busting out apocalyptic form, correct? That is correct. Okay. All right, so since this was Abathar's idea, go ahead and describe Abathar's apocalyptic form, Slavic. And while you do that, I'm going to roll for the poor gentleman who is about to shit himself. Abathar's apocalyptic form is one of like pure beauty but not like just some sort of interesting it's more like the platonic ideal of beauty this is what beauty is based on and one thing about abathar's apocalyptic form is that casts no reflection and it can be captured so it's it's the type of beauty that Literally, someone can't even, they can try to reach it. You know, artists will try to paint it. Photographers will, they can try to, you know, take a photo, but there'll be nothing there. So it's like this sort of completely ungraspable concept. And that's how it looks like. Now let's turn to Oliver. Let's discuss your apocalyptic form. Similar to Abafar's basically essence of beauty, Azov's apocalyptic form has the aura of vitality, so it's almost like a a blinding effect uh, that you uh, get from it, as he just uh, seems to ooze this vitality and also, in a way, wisdom, uh, him being a scourge. So I would say it's a lot like classic depictions of of deities maybe uh less so uh in the christian way but maybe rather like the uh, egyptians did or maybe the uh, hindu deities are supposed to be uh similar to human form but you know like augmented possibly with animal features because he also has wings and he has improved physical capabilities. So I would uh, think that he uh, has these like changing features, almost like a, a chimera, but constantly in motion. So I would think uh, he's not very set in stone. Okay. And now we turn to Eriquel and her apocalyptic form. Eriquel's probably the easiest to remember in that she literally turns into black iron. Her veins appear as magma in between. Um, so kind of like you have these almost like little metal plates that look like they're being held together by moving magma that pulses with, with her heartbeat. Um, she grows in her seat to easily be two feet taller and bigger, um, as well as just... Her eyes turn into completely glowing brass discs almost. And there's this, this hum as if you're sitting next to a, the forge of a fire and, and heat just permeates in the room. All three of you shift into your apocalyptic forms. The gentleman sitting at the desk in front of you literally falls backwards 
out of his chair. The chair slams into the ground. You may have heard wood crack as it did so, and he just yelling some sort of gibberish slams into the ground a moment later, and he scrambles back, pressing himself against the bookcase, sweating profusely, wondering how close he is to the end. Abathar will slowly get closer and say, we know you're lying. You don't have to lie to us. What are you? What are you? What, what is this? I know you're lying. Speak the truth. It'll set you free. Abathar's getting closer towards him. Speak he, the truth. He pushes himself against the bookcase. And if he could push himself into the bookcase, he most certainly would. The truth about what? What you were lying about. We're, what do you mean? What, what, what is this? Tell us the truth and you'll be set free. I've, I've told you the truth. I've, oh God. No. He starts weeping. That has nothing to do with this, and he betrayed you long ago. We did it. We took the boy. We did it. Oh, God, we did it. What? We took the boy. Speak. It's why we hired Claire in the first place. We didn't want her. We just needed her kid. Why? We were paid. We were paid by the foundation. They're back. They want to finish what they started. What did they start? What foundation? I don't know. They just call themselves the Foundation. And do you do this often? Kidnap people's children? No. Why, Why Claire? We just built the damn churches. We didn't. We didn't know. It, it wasn't always this way. We just built the churches for them. Since when was it? They're there. I just. I just know they're as old as the city. They've been here forever. I think they were masons or something at one point. Masons. What does masonry have to do with this? They just, I, they, they're, they're some cult. I don't know. What do you know? Speak. Just that we built them. We built churches. They, they're all religious, trying to talk to God or some, some crock of shit like that. My daddy told me about them once in the 70s, right around when we it's stopped working for them the first to. time. So you know them. Do you have any names? No, we don't deal with them directly. I just... They get their lawyers to do all all the talking and whatnot. Lawyers, give me the names of these lawyers. It's just, just these these guys from like, Dwyer and Lang. Dwyer and Lang. Good, good. Why? They give us so much money. There's a hard knock at the door. Greg, everything okay in there? Say you're okay. Uh, I'm fine. I turn my hat to Azoth. And Rakil, judgment was never part of what we did. He seems to collect himself a little. He wipes his face with a handkerchief and starts to stand up. We just, we just told him where the boy was. We didn't know he was going to get taken. We didn't know they were going to find him in the wall like that. I know when my daddy told me about them, he said that there was this, this bishop that... Uh, there's this bishop that tried to shut them down way back when. Catholic guy. It's a Sheen. His name was Sheen. They pulled some strings and had him taken from the city, sent elsewhere. But it's all the foundation. Who knows about the foundation? Everyone out there today, I don't know. Who knows outside of the firm? We never meet them. We never talk to them. They just send their lawyers. How many lawyers? What names? Just the one firm. They use whoever's there. The younger associates do most of the, the the footwork. What do they know? Probably nothing. Everything comes in an envelope. They never tell us which partner or higher up is actually handling things. How do you meet up? They mail us stuff. They show up and serve us with stuff. Let's make a bargain. What do you mean a bargain? A trade for goods or services for other goods or services. You have done a great evil. And now you must repent. For now, you shall serve me. And if you do not, then you will be punished. You will indulge this foundation. Try to find out more about them. And if you break our bargain, it will have biblical consequences. Hold out my arm. He hesitates uh, to move. What's the matter? You sold the boy so quickly. I didn't know what they were going to do with him. I thought you knew the stories. Some things, yeah, I thought they were done. I don't know. 
This is a tough business. It's not what it used to be. We needed the money. Do we have an accord or not? Fine, yes. Perfect. Takes his hand and shakes it. He's got a rather limp handshake. Like, he's seriously paralyzed and doesn't know what the fuck to do. You're now one of mine. I will contact you later. For now, I believe we should leave. Do you revert back to your normal forms? Yes, definitely going back to their normal forms. (laughs) Okay. As you guys march out from the office, you see more or less the entire tea party standing in the foyer, watching as you leave. And you know that the moment the front door closes behind you, that they rush into his office to figure out what the hell just happened. That went pretty well, honestly, all things considered. So we have an organization of sorts that is trying to communicate. I don't even... I don't want to finish the sentence. Terrible. As if God would ever listen to the screams of children. Do you think this is related to what Escaril has mentioned to us? His suspicions that another Possibly. one of us is that around here? would be highly plausible. We could talk to him about it, actually, unless he's involved. Did it strike you that he was? Not particularly. I yeah, just me neither. don't know who to trust. I have a weird feeling that Tizaniel is trying to pit us against them, maybe. Maybe she knows too much. That's why she's constantly on the run. Likely she would only tell us it was fate. Or maybe she doesn't know too much and they know too much about her. Also possible. Yeah, she's still weird. <sighs> still, I'm glad we did what we did. I'm glad I stopped myself from killing that fool. It does seem he'll be more useful to us alive. Smart thinking on maybe we can use him for figuring out what the foundation is up to. If what he says is correct, the foundation will be up to end his life. It's possible, but they might make a mistake. We could leverage that. I could help him if he's injured. I can't help him when he's gone. Well, now that we've made a bargain, I can help him as well. What about the the magical people? Those. Well, I still don't know if they're how they're connected to all of this, if at all. I suppose I can contact them later after I've processed this. Process what to tell them and what not to tell them. Yeah, that's what I was going to suggest. We should think on that. Now what? One thing that we have not figured out is, was Claire's son particularly important? Or was he just some sort of sacrifice? Yeah. That's... Could anyone be in his place? Couldn't have been anyone. If it was, they could have grabbed any kid off the street, right? I mean, That's my thinking. Yeah, this was extremely specific, or seemed that way. I think, yeah, I think we should call up on the people we know. The wizards, the uh, Iscariel. Is there anyone else you think? What about Mike? What if we talk to Mike about the foundation? The one from the homeless camp. He might be able to give us some more ramblings. He did talk about a lot of demons and angels. Yeah, maybe we should, if he's still there, see what he's up to. Well, I think we've made some good progress. What do we tell Ruth, if anything? Only that we have informed them, which is what she wanted us to do anyways. Agreed. The rest I is... hope they don't call her up. True. Let's just say they didn't take it that well, that well and, you know, not to go there. Although that might just make her want to go. Tell her as little as possible. That's all. I don't know about you, but what time is it, by the way? At this point, it's probably around 11.30 noon-ish. I guess you guys can go see Ruth and I'll go see Mike. Okay, I'll think of something to say to Ruth. I think Ruth should probably go over really quickly and then I'll try to call up Iscario. Is that okay with everyone? Yeah, he might be able to give us some more information now that we actually know stuff. Honestly, if he knew the foundation, he probably would have told us about them. Well, he might have wanted to see how we do. Honestly, just wants to maybe keep off their radar. Yeah, we tried. If anything, we have another set of eyes that looks out for any clues. Did we get the impression that he was particularly truthful with us? Well, he was scared shitless, so... No, sorry. I meant, um, yeah, Scariel. I don't recall any of you checking to see. Okay. 
Because it's occurring to Arquel now that we don't actually know that he is not the same as Lazrath. Like, he might have just given us a fake name. At least to Azov, that seems unlikely. Um, first, because Iskariel um, was extremely upfront and helpful once things were established. And secondly, I believe Azov has a faint memory of Lazarath because um, he or she is also a scourge and was uh, also notorious uh, okay. for being like, very, very awful and high torment or whatever back during the war. It's obvious that they might not want to give their true name to a mortal, so it's not that Iskarela would give us a fake name. It's that Gregory there could have given us the wrong one. As in, the foundation is Lazarath, and they call themselves Lazarath, but only to the people in the know. To the others, they might just be the foundation. But the foundation disappeared for a while, but he also said it was there since the beginning. (sighs) Well... So you think Lazarev I don't know which option is worse. It's possible that they might have changed their aliases or something like that. Maybe they didn't uh, disappear, they changed into some other organization. Do you think they draw up, well, us from the pit? Because there's so many of us here. The mortals? Yeah, the foundation. I mean... They have a ritual that draws us here. As in, they specifically called us to this... Like, no, not specifically, but any of us. So instead of calling up above, they're calling down below. And maybe they don't even know. That's a thought. Interesting. It could account for why there are so many of us here within this city. It's a solid lead, yeah. Yes, this is good. Oh, hello again, folks. I'd like to tell you about the Facebook group we run called White Wolf and Onyx Path RPGs Gameplay and Media. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One that won't be drowned out by random posts and discussions so that your media could give the attention you deserve. The group is specifically run with the sole intent of being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. The group is already immense and continuing to rapidly grow, with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.